This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. This is a podcast from Minute Media. Good morning. It's Tuesday, March 29th. This is the Kyle Coster Show presented by The Big Lead. Fox is going with Kevin Burkhart as their number one NFL play-by-play announcer. Not a surprise. The guy was rumored to be up for the job. He has been calling games on the network for many years now. He's integral to the baseball coverage. He's seen by many as the logical replacement. Someone who's 48 years old can go on and have a Joe Buck-like run over the next two decades. There was thought of perhaps bringing in Al Michaels, but with Michael's future aligned with Amazon for the foreseeable future, Fox has opted to go with Burkhart, a perfectly stable, fine, above average choice, but not one that's necessarily going to move the needle. And it stands in stark contrast to what's going on outside of the Fox stores, and that's a salary explosion, an arms race for these marquee talents on the belief that it's stars that make the show. Perhaps this was the plan all along. Perhaps it was something that was pivoted to as other options became unavailable and as desperation somewhat sank in. Time will tell exactly which one of these routes is going to be the most profitable and proved to be the most prudent in the long run. There's a piece by Andrew Marchand who broke the story as he always does. We're going to see what we can do about getting that guy's phone access denied, jam him up a bit with some legal issues because he's just, he just breaks everything. It's, It's terribly annoying when you are chasing something as a sports media reporter or, or aspiring one or occasional one like myself. And you hear that Marchand is on the case. Well, it's like, uh, It's like when you hear Omar coming in the wire and you might as well shut it down and head for safety. Make sure you're not in the fallout zone. Burkhart's got that classic New York story where he gets a break with WCBS, WFAN. Then he's a sideline porter for the Mets at SNY. He's been the host of the World Series. Like I mentioned before, Fox, NFL. It's really cool to see someone rise up the ladder But at the same time, it's also interesting because five, six years ago, we had him at the big lead penciled in as this rising star, someone who is destined for good things and bigger things in the future. And that was five or six years ago. So it just proves that it can take a while that these things don't happen overnight compared to broadcasters like Buck and Bob Costas and Sean McDonough, who were all at the top of the craft, at least in the terms of the assignments they were getting at age 30. This is a giant opportunity for Burkhart. 
he can solidify himself as the voice. And you're probably sitting there thinking, okay, well, what does Kevin Burkhart bring to a broadcast? I don't really know what his vibe, I don't know what that experience is like. Good news for you. Good news for the audience. We're going to find out together. Burkhart was on the number two team. We didn't really tune into the games to watch him be the star of the show. This also means that Joe Davis is likely the number one choice for the World Series gig. Buck had called the event since 1995. And if they aren't going to go a dual route with Al Michaels, if they're going to give Burkhart the number one NFL job, they're likely not going to have him also do the World Series gig, especially because they didn't announce that. That would be a giant missed opportunity. If you are a Joe Davis fan, and we are here, and we've been saying that he's destined for this role down the road, that time is going to come up sooner rather than later. And all signs point to him being the person. Now, barring a late hour change, um, you know, that things can move in different directions all the time. But I would say that right now, sitting here, before baseball season starts in a few weeks, that Joe Davis is likely going to get the Fox Sports gig. One thing about Burkhart that I want to go back to is I keep hearing rumors of Sean Payton getting the number one gig as an analyst. And it's kind of weird because I don't see that reflected in print. I don't see that from sports media writers who I would say are more tapped in than myself, to be perfectly honest. It's, it's important to be humble in this business, but I'm not seeing Sean Payton's name out there a lot, but I am hearing Sean Payton's name behind the scenes from some sources who believe it's a lock that he's going to be the number two analyst. Now do with that, what you will, uh, that kind of flies in the face of what I'm hearing when I compare notes with others, but don't be shocked if Sean Payton comes riding in fresh off the success of his Kevin James movie, uh, and gets that number one role. Despite the good news, despite the announcement of stability going forward, it does feel like Fox is playing a bit of catch-up. You have ESPN getting the splashy news of Monday Night Football. You have Amazon shouting to the Raptors that they have Al Michaels and Kirk Herbstreit. And at Fox, you have Kevin Burkhart. Again, nothing wrong with that. One of these things is just not like the other right now i think that the pr push starts hitting soon it was sort of muted yesterday but more importantly than any of that is to look at this from the business side of things and see that well everybody else is zigging fox is sort of zagging and like i've mentioned before on the show the explosion of salaries is going on outside the doors here Fox seems content to say, look, we're not going to pay these bank-breaking deals. Troy Aikman has been out there saying they didn't really negotiate. Joe Buck's willingness to leave and ease at which he left for being traded for a Big Ten football game. Broadcast rights suggest that they were looking to take a different approach. And here's the thing. You might, they might be getting criticized for that, or people might not really get it. But if I'm 
an executive, I think I agree with their plan, even if it's a backup plan. Maybe it wasn't the original goal to have Kevin Burkhart be the number one voice of this platform. And maybe they never wanted to see Buck and Aikman leave, but that's what happened. And the upside is they're probably going to be operating at a much lower cost than anybody else. And this arms race for announcers is so new that I think it's important to be open to the possibility that it's going to go wrong. And that Fox's method of playing, you know, small ball, like the Oakland A's or the Minnesota twins of years past, kind of that mediums to small market type thing, just not breaking the bank, going insane for these Scott Boris type contracts that could work. We could be looking back in five years and say, that was the right way to go. So I'm open to it. I think everybody else should be open to it. Fox would tell you that this is the grand master plan. I'm not so sure how intentional it all is, but it might work out for the best for them. And that's just fine. All right, let's talk about a historic day online. The fallout from the Chris Rock, Will Smith slap. A top five Twitter night on Sunday night and spilling into Monday morning, a one-of-a-kind experience. There's never been anything like this before. There probably won't be anything like it in the future. I was trying to map out some live television top moments of my life. There's the Janet Jackson Super Bowl wardrobe malfunction. There's the white Bronco chase from OJ. There's Taylor Swift and Kanye West at the VMAs. There's, if you want to get more serious with it, there's what happened on January 6th and that escalation and that stunning moment where everybody kind of realized, oh my God, what just happened or what is happening? The point is, this is up there with them. To see Will Smith, who is one of the, at the very least, one of the most, one of the 50 most famous people in the world kind of snap and lose all composure and go up and do that. And the resulting jokes, it was just shocking. Now we all knew that the takes were going to be horrendous and they were going to be ubiquitous and they were, but I think part of this is, this is kind of what we do. Like we say, we don't want the terrible takes. We say we don't want the terrible opinions Yet we're just so addicted to going on and reading them. And it's the same thing as people who hate watch the news. You're watching it to feel some level of outrage or whatever, but you're also monitoring Twitter and other social media platforms to find the worst thing out there and to dunk on it. And it's not a good thing. It's not a healthy thing. It's not something that I am particularly proud of. Although I was excited to do it yesterday because it kind of was this perfect storm, this Petri dish in which you knew these things would be out there. The think pieces, the why is Will Smith like Ukraine or why is Chris Rock like Russia? Just some terrible stuff. You know, it's going to be out there, but I think it's just out there because they 
everybody believes that there's a market for it in the public. And the reason why there's a market for it in the public is you get the element of the hate click and the dunk RT. So we are in part to blame for these things even existing. The reason I gave myself a pass to enjoy yesterday without any type of pearl clutching or hand wringing or delving into the so-called serious issues of this and what this means for society and any type of think piece is that we've been through hell for the last few years, pandemic, war, all that stuff. This is the perfect storm because the stakes are so low. It doesn't mean anything for us that are extremely wealthy 53-year-old walked on stage at an entertainment award show and slapped a 50-year-old who is also rich and powerful and famous. It doesn't mean anything. It's perfectly fine. It's not going to change our lives or impact it in any way. So to see the machine at work and the weightiness and the fraughtness and the, the just the, the self-aggrandizing and all the just things that happen in the online discourse to see that and to know deep in your mind that the only true reaction here, the one that everybody should have had was, holy shit, that was crazy. It just, the golf really made for entertaining because you can sit there and laugh about it. You should laugh about it. This is the best source material. One of the funniest impetuses and prompts we've had in a long time. And to see people who are just kind of run past that to something that's just profoundly depressing and not really needed, I think is instructive of both who those people are and what the motivations are and really whether their heart's in it, because that's another thing to highlight about this is all these think pieces, they're getting assigned. These people don't really believe them. They hate writing them. They're sort of embarrassed by them anyway. It's just not a good situation. And that brings me to an interesting piece that was written by Tom Sosha, one of the sharpest minds out there. He wrote about how every day kind of feels like April Fool's Day right now because you're not so sure if there's a joke being perpetuated or if these are honest feelings because it feels like people just say things that they don't mean for profit all the time. And going through the labyrinth of trying to figure out exactly what the motivations are on the other end of the keyboard is really difficult and nobody has time for it. And I thought that was really interesting and a really good summation of where we are. I mean, it's a little bit depressing. There's this element of half realness to everything where you're like, I think part of this is real, but part of it is exaggerated for effect. And that's exactly where we are. But when it pertains to Will Smith and Chris Rock, I, I mean, I, I don't know. If, if you're going to tell me that my feeling about it can't just be one of pure titillation and pure exhilaration and laughing at it and just talking to strangers on the street and saying, can you believe what happened? That's wild. Like, don't take that from me. Don't take that from us. Like, have we really gone so far that we can't just enjoy it at that level? The answer, of course, is 
we haven't. Like everybody has their own personal agency in what they decide to do. You don't have to have a take. You don't have to care about others' takes. And I know that that sounds weird coming from someone who traffics and takes for a living, but you know, do what you do. Be happy. This incident was amazing. Great game in the women's tournament last night as UConn, a number two seed, was playing at home against the one seed North Carolina State Wolfpack. It went to double overtime. We can argue the fairness of that. I can't imagine how pissed a team would be if they got the one seed and had to play at the two seeds home gym for a chance to go to the final four. But it was wonderful. It was 40 minutes of great basketball that gave way to 10 extra minutes of great basketball as it went to double overtime. Eventually UConn prevailed. I believe that's 13 consecutive final fours or something like that for Gino Ariema. I mean, my God, uh, that's insane. I don't care if you're the number one program. It's hard to win at sports, even if you have the best team on the field or the court. What he's done is, is unmatched and is insane. And when you try to contextualize it against what Coach K does, maybe that's not the most productive or impactful thing to do. But they are kind of alike. And that fact was driven home last night during a post-game interview with Holly Rowe. Ariama became immensely emotional talking about what this means to him and had to fight back tears and was, was tremendously honest about the entire thing. And he espoused thankfulness and gratitude. And the takeaway was that this still means something to him after all those trips explaining about how it's new for other people. And as you get older, you understand that you might not have additional opportunities and your prism changes. And I thought that was a really incredible interview from Gino Ariema. And it felt a lot like what's going on with Coach K, as I mentioned yesterday. There seems to be a more thoughtful, more appreciative, more reflective Coach K at work. There is certainly a more appreciative, reflective Coach Gino at work up in stores. And when those two bow out, it'll be up to others to pick up the mantle. And just like it's going to be very difficult for there to be a new Coach K in the men's game, it's going to be very difficult for there to be a new coach. What's cool about moments like this with Ariyama and him being honest about his emotions is sports and especially elimination sports at the high, highest level like the NCAA tournament are a prism through which to watch people either perform or fail in the biggest moments of their life. And that's new every single time. Anytime you turn on a game that has high stakes, you're watching someone operate in the biggest pressure cooker of their life. There's no way to know exactly how they're going to respond to it. And that uncertainty, that magic is the thing that keeps us coming back. You know that they're going to be either looking back and savoring this experience of 40 minutes of basketball for the rest of their lives, or they're going to be lamenting it and ruining it. There's times where the officiating changes things and unlucky bounce. And I know, I know that I sometimes flower up the pros here and be too touchy feely, 
But it is really incredible that we can turn our televisions on each and every night and find a compelling human story on almost every channel. It's easy to get cynical and sarcastic. And when sports are your job, you don't necessarily love them all the time. But when you see these glimpses of the humanity coming through, even if it's someone like Ariyama, who is not the most likable, doesn't have the highest Q score. Same thing with Coach K. You see the human being in that person and what sports has done for them and what they've done for sports. And that relationship is great and it makes sense and it buoys, you know, it textures your life in in a way that's really cool. So that's my thought on Gino Ariyama. The women's tournament is fantastic. If you're not watching it, the level of basketball is so much better than maybe the last time you checked in on a women's game. There's no judgment for me. If you're not properly equating all the time you watch across basketball between the sexes, uh, that's not something I'm going to be too interested in. I would just say, if you go into it with the expectations that you're going to see good basketball, tight game, awesome offense, compelling players, everything like that, all those things are going to be fulfilled. Can't recommend it enough. The final four is set. It is full of blue bloods as well, like, like the men's game. Maybe the best time if you love basketball, I think for my money, the college game. And when the tournaments come to a head is even more exciting than the NBA playoffs. So I do love leaving my TV on to watch Charmed the next morning. Final story of the morning, the local angle here. The Detroit Lions are the team for hard knocks. Let's go. This is a huge victory. This is maybe the high water mark for the franchise of the last few years. If you don't count Matthew Stafford winning a Super Bowl. And I can't wait for the public to meet Dan Campbell again, because me and I got a shout out Isaac world of Isaac, who's been on this podcast before the sausage King. We are the leaders. We are out in front fighting the battle for Dan Campbell appreciation. And this series, this window is only going to make him a character on the national level. He's going to gain a lot of fans. He's going to, inspire a lot of people he's going to show that there is hope in the motor city and i know i might sound like a crazy person because it is the detroit lions but there's one thing i believe about dan campbell dan campbell is going to surround himself and has surrounded himself with people who want to play for dan campbell and who want to buy in and play in his system i love his humanness i love the way he attacks and approaches the job I don't think there's any bullshit. I think it's all 100% authentic. I love to see it. I think that the kneecap thing, the coffee thing, all these viral moments, the show is going to be good for that because you know if those have happened a few times before, they're happening all the times behind the scenes. And that outlying weirdness is going to really complete the picture of a football coach who is trying to build something important and going to get there. It might take a few years. Also, the franchise needs this. Detroit Lions have needed a hard reset for a long time. Matthew Stafford going to the Los Angeles Rams provides that opportunity. But really, here's a new way for them to say, hey, we're the Detroit Lions. This is what we're about. We know that things have been bad in the past, but this is a rebrand. This is a redesign. And it's an incredible opportunity to change the narrative and to re-acclimate back into the NFL as something that matters. And I'll leave you with this. 
I think that the Detroit Lions, if they ever win a Super Bowl, the Cleveland Browns are the same way too, but they've actually just ruined this by bringing in Deshaun Watson and shot themselves in the foot. The Detroit Lions can capture the corner of the Chicago Cubs and be the lovable losers of the NFL. And that's a lane that's open because you look at the teams that are vying for that. The New York Jets, they're always going to have the New York thing going against them. The Jacksonville Jaguars have had some trouble. They're in Jacksonville. They also just have the Urban Meyer thing. Cleveland Browns, as I mentioned with Deshaun Watson, not going to engender any sympathy and any bandwagon jumping. And then there's the Detroit Lions, who have struggled forever, won playoff wins since 1957. Blue Collar Town, pretty unoffensive. Get some big personalities in there. Become the Cubs. Break the streak. Do that branding. I think if they ever get far into the playoffs, if they're ever in a conference championship game, it's going to be wild. You're going to see that all over the place. People love the Bengals this year. They will doubly love the Lions when that record of futility is presented to them. And the fans of Detroit are just so hungry to have this. They're welcoming they want other people on their side. I think that Hard Knocks is a great chance to move this forward, to change the conversation. I'm looking forward to watching it. I'm optimistic about the Lions long term, and I'm very optimistic that we're going to get to meet the people who are going to be ultimately responsible for one of the most feel-good stories in sports history. That's my Detroit Lions Minute. That's the Kyle Costa Show. Thanks for listening. Check out The Big Lead. Let's go get Tuesday. This is the story of the one. As a maintenance engineer, he hears things differently. To the untrained ear, everything on his shop floor might sound fine, but he can hear gears grinding or a belt slipping. So he steps in to fix the problem at hand before it gets out of hand. And he knows Granger's got the right product he needs to get the job done, which is music to his ears. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply.